Happy Friday to you here. It is uh, Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket's. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. There are certain traditions out there, like the British Open is a tradition. We're going to talk about that coming up. Rampant quarterback rating rankings, that's something we're definitely going to get into. And Kira, it is a tradition like no other. Rained out Friday games at Wrigley Field. (laughs) Another one. I don't know how many shows I have done here on Friday since the start of the Cubs season. And we carry all the Cubs games right here on ESPN Des Moines. But I don't, honestly, because the game today has been rained out, doubleheader tomorrow, we'll have it for you here on ESPN Des Moines. So full show today. What have they played? There have been seven Fridays, baby. Eight Fridays of home games. Mm Mm-hmm. They've played one <laughs> at 120 on a Friday at Wrigley Field the entire season. I mean, when they're playing in Atlanta or New York or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But for whatever reason, these Friday day games that usually in previous years have eaten up part of this show, we get it all back, which is great because, I look, I love talking about sports as much as the next person, probably more than anybody, but... I'm just it's just such a weird phenomenon <laughs> that every Friday home game at Wrigley Field for the Chicago Cubs, it's a day game. And they're always day games on Fridays. That's what they do. They play the day game, night game, day game. It's always been rained out. Today is no different. If you're tuning in for Pat and Ron, hello, I am neither. My name is Mike Wickett, and we will have two games for you tomorrow. 120 for the first game, and then the night game is at like six or seven tomorrow night. If you're a Cubs fan. You're slogging through the season. I can promise you that. Like, part of you is like, damn, I really wanted to hear Pat and Ron. <laughs> but part of you is like, hey, we can't lose today. I wish I had some, like, thunder sound effects and evil laughter. <laughs> oh, people can hear your evil laughter, <laughs> Cardinals fan. So trust me. <laughs> you found the evil laughter right inside of you. So, uh, Cubs game, rain delayed. Till t- I'm sorry, rain canceled it today. Doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, coming up. We will get to the big NFL rankings that came out this week. They got everybody talking. But, you know, the big story in sports, um, whether or not it's a local story for us here in Des Moines, it's it's the one that a lot of people are talking about. And maybe, just maybe, any hope of the Tiger Woods era being extended, that may have come to an end today. They're playing over in Saint An- at St. Andrews in Scotland, and... You know, Tiger Woods was a trendy long shot. Now, that sounds very weird to say. He was plus 2,000 to win the thing. Not nearly one of the favorites. You know, the usuals were there. Scotty Scheffler was at the top, I think, or whoever. But Tiger definitely was not anywhere near the top of the favorites. Nobody expected a lot out of him. But this was the tournament. The 150th British Open being played. It's at St. Andrews this year. It's where golf began. It's the home of golf. We kept hearing how Tiger was really setting himself up for this moment. This major was the one that his body was trying to get ready for after the car accident and everything that's gone on with his body over the last two or three years. And Tiger played horribly the first two days by his standards. Tiger shot the worst round of his career, shot a 76 yesterday. Check that, 78 yesterday, 76 today. You know, by his calculation going into round two, he needed to shoot 66 to make the cut. 
And the cut line, I don't know where it's at right now. It's somewhere around six, where, where that 66 would have got him, which would have been even for the day. And I'm not going to sit here and break down golf because I think golf is often very boring to talk about on the radio. I got I know sports hosts that just love talking about golf. And you see that three-wood he hit on the second hole and carried the one. You can't picture it if you didn't watch it. But it's bigger than that because I think this is the end of the era. You know, I'm not a huge golf fan, but I watch the majors. I couldn't tell you if Scott Scheffler walked into this room right now and it was just me, Scott Scheffler, and our producer, Kira, I'd have a tough time coming up with which one was Scott Scheffler because I don't know the guy's name. All right, I don't know what Scott Scheffler looks like. He could be just some dude off the street here in Des Moines, or he could be the number one golfer in the world. A guy who's won a couple of majors in his career and is ascending. But what Tiger Woods has meant to sports, I thought about this. I'm like, man, Tiger Woods has been the face of golf. And you can have your Rory McIlroys or your Dustin Johnsons or whoever you want. Tiger's the face of golf still. Go walk down the street. Ask if anybody knows who Rory McIlroy is. Unless they're a sports fan, they've probably never heard of Rory McIlroy. But everybody knows who Tiger is. Everybody knows who LeBron James is. Everybody knows who uh, Tom Brady is. The faces of sports are the ones that the average non-sport, like my wife. My wife has no idea. Let me see who's leading the, the British Open right now. My wife has no idea who Cameron Smith is. She couldn't tell you what a Xander Shoffley is in any capacity. All right? She doesn't know who Jordan Spieth is. And that's not a knock on her. She just doesn't care. She doesn't like golf. My wife likes two sporting events, the Cyhawk game and the hot dog eating contest. Those are the only things she cares about. It's weird. But that the fact that Tiger Woods, at his age, 27 years after exploding on the tour back in 1995, Maybe 96 was the year that Tiger really started turning heads. But he joined the tour in 95. Tiger Woods has been the face of golf for well over half my life. I am 41. I was born in 81. When I was growing up, golf was a sport for old white guys. It was Tom Kite, Colin Montgomery, Jack Nicklaus, Tom Watson. It was a stuffy white guy sport. And that's the truth. That's not a knock. It just is. And then Tiger came around, and everybody wanted to play golf. Young people, minorities, women. Everybody. Still the old white guys wanted to play. Trust me. My dad has been wanting to, My dad's been an avid golfer for his entire life. But what Tiger did, the Tigerization of sports, is like what Steph Curry did for basketball. He changed the game. He changed the way we looked at it. He changed the way it was mainstreamed. He changed the way it was dominated. He changed the way that we looked at golf. And when you watched him in an emotional walk today, like I didn't see Tiger swing a single club over the last 24 hours, 48 hours. The the British Open is on at a weird time. I have three kids. I go to bed early. I can't tell you how I would watch the British Open. But I did see the walk-up 18 today. And it was a very emotional walk, and I could play it for you, and it's just... Tiger doffing his cap, people clapping, the two guys he was playing with, they they held back, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, or whoever he was playing with, 
They held back. The caddies all held back. It was just Tiger in his moment where golf started for probably the final time. Because as Tiger Woods told us, he's probably not going to be back here when it swings around in five years back to St. Andrews. Anytime you get the chance to come back and play the old course um, in the open, um, it's just it's just special. It really is. And as I uh, said to Tim, I've been lucky enough to have been doing this since 1995. And uh, I, I don't know if I'll be physically able to, to play another British Open here at St. Andrews. I feel, certainly feel like I'll be able to play more British Opens, but I uh, don't know if I'll be around you know, uh, when it comes back around here. It goes all over Europe, just like the United States. The U.S. Open goes all over the country. And every five years, though, it goes back to St. Andrews. And what's Tiger? How old is Tiger Woods about? Is Tiger 50? Tiger's not 50, is he? Can you look that up for me real quick, real quick, Kira? Maybe I can beat you. Maybe I can, I can beat you. I got a phone in my hand. And Tiger Woods is 46. He'll be 47 just before New Year's. So by the time this thing rolls back around, he's going to be 51. You know about Tiger Woods' health problems. You know about his back. You know about his legs. You know about his knees. You know about all of that. And if you thought, and I learned this a year ago, when you turn 40, how much you slow down, even with all the medical advances Tiger has, when you turn 50, I mean, I imagine that really slows you down. And you got, you know, Jordan Spieths and Scott Schefflers who are about to get into their 30s. And then the young crop, whatever they're doing right now, whatever the young golfers are doing in high school or in college right now, Five years from now, they're going to be the ones. They're going to be hitting the ball 312 yards down the center of the fairway. And Tiger's game is going to start regressing. Now, Tiger's game has regressed. I think what we saw today was maybe the end of any real belief that the old Tiger can come back. Now, he'll probably win a tournament before it's all over. And then when he goes to the senior tour, the champions tour, Tiger will win some more. There's no doubt. You'll get a chance when Tiger comes to your stop when the senior tour comes around here. You'll get to see him if he plays on the senior tour. He's a dude that really doesn't have to play on the senior tour. He may be the guy because a lot of the guys are still hanging on, trying to make that money. They only know the golf lifestyle. Tiger Woods is a billion-dollar athlete. He's playing on the PGA Tour right now for a chance at immortality to catch Jack. To be the greatest of all time. I believe he is the greatest golfer of all time. But his his trajectory got derailed by his sexcapades, his injuries, perhaps some substance issues, whatever the reasons that he drove a car into a wall a couple of years ago or the golf club on Thanksgiving or right around Thanksgiving, what, five, six, seven years ago that really derailed him. But I still think Tiger is the the GOAT, even though Jack has all the rings. It's fine. Nothing wrong with taking Jack. You can have Jack if you want. That's fine. But it does feel like that this was it. That watching him walk up, thousands of fans, his final hole at St. Andrews, that the Tiger Woods that I grew up watching, which is weird to say, because I was 14 when he joined the tour, and now I'm 41, that maybe, just maybe, That's it. And any hope, like I was hoping Tiger would be there on, you know, 
after the cut on moving day. I was hoping Tiger would be there on Sunday. I was hoping to see the the Tiger Woods red at St. Andrews, the 150th British Open. Watch it early Saturday morning with my kids or something like that. But it didn't happen. And it was a very emotional day today. And even Tiger Woods, who, again, shot a 76. Even Tiger said he was overcome with emotion when he was coming up the final hole. The warmth and the ovation on at 18, it got to me. I felt the guys stop there off, off the tee on 18. And I, it, it was just incredible. The just amount of understanding and respect from all the people that are involved in, in this event that, that come out and support it. The players, the nods I was getting as the players were going out. And I looked over there and, you know, Rory gave me a tip of the cap. JT did the same. It's just there's something to it that's just different. Yeah, it is. And, and, and you know what? That's okay. Because it reminded me of another all-time great who maybe held on just a little too long. Not the Tigers holding on too long. But it reminded me of an all-time great who got to say goodbye And I want to play that for you coming up next because I immediately thought of eras ending that I'll never forget where I was when I watched them end their their era. Think about it in your mind. But this one, at Tiger Woods level, like I'll, I'll mention Peyton Manning. I'll mention Drew Brees. But those dudes aren't Tiger. There's only a couple of guys in Tiger's stratosphere of stardom and what they've done to their sport or for their sport. And I'll tell you who I'm thinking of next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. It's 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. It's Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. A happy Friday to you. If you are tuning in here on ESPN Des Moines for Cubs baseball, because the Cubs were supposed to play the... Uh... Kira! Mets! Mets! That Wrigley Field game one has been rained out. It is the strangest phenomenon. But of the entire season, we're in July. We had April... We had May, we had June, we're halfway through July. So that's what, two, three, three and a half, six, that's like 11 homestands or something like that. I think they've played one Friday day game. No more than three. They've been rained out, <laughs> which is great because, I mean, I, I like to have a little extra time before we give it to Zach Zaidman and then to Ron and Pat, but, you know, <laughs> here we are. So doubleheader tomorrow, Cubs fans. Cubs and Mets, 121st pitch tomorrow, 12:45 for the pregame right here on ESPN Des Moines. I'm going to get to the uh, the big list that's got everybody all in a tizzy from ESPN about the quarterbacks in the National Football League. I'll do that. And uh, over on my uh, the other station I work for, the real job that I have, I do the mornings on Laser 103.3 here in Des Moines, along with my partner Heather. And we talked to Bill Burr this morning, and Bill Burr is going to be playing uh, doing his comedy set at uh, Wells Fargo Arena here in downtown Des Moines coming up in October. Play you a bit of that. He had some fashion advice for me. I got more to say about Tiger Woods. I think what we saw yesterday, I think that's the end of the Tiger era. Now, according to some reports, that's the final start for Tiger 
of the 2022 PGA season. That's it. He's done. The next likely start for Tiger Woods is going to be an unofficial event that he hosts every week in December. So obviously it's somewhere very warm. It's the Hero World Challenge. He might play in the PNC Championship. That's a team event that he plays with his kid coming up the third week of December. I don't think we're ever going to see the old Tiger back ever again. And that is okay because I am grateful for being able to watch Tiger Woods for the last 27 years. God, that seems like 27 years. It's 2022 when he was on the tour in 1995. I remember when I was young and I was watching golf with my dad. And my dad is the, the huge golf fan. He'll watch the, you know, everything open. He watches golf constantly. I often watch golf that's not a major for a good reason to fall asleep on the couch. But I remember my dad was watching Tiger when he played at Stanford in college. And he said, you got to see this kid. He's great. He takes forever to hit the ball. Like his, he said, if this guy's going to make it up, my dad to me, I remember, he said, if this guy's going to make it on tour, he's going to have to speed up his play because he's going to get stroke penalties for slow play. Well, good. I think it's safe to say he sped up his play and had a pretty good career there, Dad. I think so. But it's probably the end of the Tiger era. And there aren't, there's not a lot of eras in my time on this planet. I'm not going to say I'm sad, but where I feel finality, where I feel like that's it. We're not going to see that again. Um, you know, Peyton Manning, five-time MVP, won a championship with the with the Colts, and then rode a defense to a championship with the Denver Broncos. But when Peyton retired, I didn't think, man, the Peyton Manning era is over. Probably because the guy that was better than Peyton Manning, the guy that won all the Super Bowls, Tom Brady, was still playing. And is still playing today somehow. I have no idea. So as great as Peyton Manning is, and I believe Peyton's one of the four or five greatest quarterbacks ever to play. I don't think when Peyton retired, I thought, it's going to suck not having him on the on the field anymore. Because without Tiger, there's not a ton of draw to the non-golf nut. Like my brother-in-law, Tim, who lives out in West Des Moines, Tim will watch, every, he'll watch the whatever the Buy.com tour is called now. I have no idea what it's called. The minor league tour. He'll watch that tour. Golf's on, he's watching. Lives, eats, breathes, loves golf. Me? Eh, majors. Like when Brett Favre retired, and I'm a huge Packers fan. But I watched Brett retire like 11 times. I covered Brett's retirements when I was working for a radio station up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I mean, I lived in Green Bay for a week (laughs) at a Motel 6. They put me up at a fancy Motel 6. I had to bring my own hotspot because we didn't want to pay for Wi-Fi, okay, (laughs) at the Motel 6 back in 2008 or 2007 or whatever it was. So I've, like, I, I, but I don't feel like, boy, the sport is not going to be the same without Brett Favre. I was very interested to see what happened with this kid, Aaron Rodgers, and things worked out pretty well for, for Green Bay. Yeah, it was sad to see Favre go because of what he was, the icon that he was, but it really wasn't like football's not the same because football is always going to keep on going. Maybe when Brady retires, you know, Breeze retired two years ago. Barely anybody remembers it. 
But when Brady retires, that could be one where people are like, because when, when he reti- well, when Brady did retire earlier this year before he came back 40 days and 40 nights later, <laughs> before he came back after a Lenten cycle, I did think, boy, it's going to be really strange turning on the NFL or turning on ESPN or whatever, and Brady's not the story. But he's back, and the Bucks will probably be really good again this year. You know, when LeBron retires out of the NBA, because I don't think it'll be that way with Steph. I don't think when Steph Curry retires or Kevin Durant when he retires, but this is LeBron's era. He was drafted in 2003, I want to say, 2003. And he was supposed to be great out of the gate, and he has been great out of the gate. I know some people just like to rip on LeBron. You know, he's no Jordan. He's no LeBron is one of the four greatest players to ever pick up a basketball and walk this planet. He might be the best ever. He might be number two. I don't care if you have him ahead of Jordan, behind Jordan, whatever. I think basketball will be. The dude's what? How old is, Le- is LeBron? He's 38, still dropping 30, 30 points a night. I mean, LeBron's still great. You can argue that LeBron's still a top five player in the NBA, still a top 10 player in the NBA. So when the LeBron era ends, maybe I'll feel the way I feel about the end of Tiger Woods, which is the way I felt Tiger was when he was walking up 18 today at St. Andrews, tipping his cap to the crowd. Everybody else held back, and it was just Tiger. But the last time I actually felt this way was 2003. Was it the All-Star game for the NBA? And it was Michael Jordan's last All-Star game with the Wizards. And I had already, and I was a young kid when he retired, and I cried when he retired to go play uh, baseball. When Jordan went to go play for the Birmingham Barons, I cried. Because I was, I mean, I didn't grow up a Bulls fan, but I grew up a Jordan fan, and I think everybody my age, in the 90s, you were probably a Michael Jordan fan. You ever we had the the remember the poster Michael standing there like this with the basketball and you measured how tall you were to Michael Jordan. My door wasn't that high, so I had to cut off the top <laughs> to get it to fit on the door. <laughs> but when Mike retired, that was that was it to me. And we're gonna hear from Michael here. Do you have that cut ready? I, I put it in real late for you, Kira. I know. But when Michael. And I remember this All-Star game, and I just watched the video because I was recording the audio. It was the 2003 NBA All-Star game. You knew it was Michael's last All-Star game. The whole night was dedicated to Michael Jordan. The, 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 the two things I remember. One, Mariah Carey's outfits. Now, if you remember, Mariah Carey was in two dresses that night. <laughs> and this was, this was peak Mariah. She was in the Jordan, uh, the Jordan 23 Bulls jersey. They turned into a very short dress. And then at the introductions, maybe this was halftime, I can't remember, but it, they, they brought all the players out. And Mariah sang, Hero. There's a hero lies in you. And she's in the really long Jordan, long uh, Wizards dress. Sorry, I remember seeing hot Mariah in these two dresses. But the other thing that stuck out from that All-Star game was the ovation they gave because they said, here's Michael Jordan. It must have been four minutes of just clapping from the fans, from the media, from all the players. And the players are like young Kobe and young Shaq 
and young Kevin Garnett. And and Mike's got the microphone in his hand. And this is this was like a nice torch passing moment that I will never forget. Thank you very much. I must say. On behalf of all of you, my former teammates, my former adversaries, my competitors, I want to thank my family for sticking with me for so many years as I chased my dreams of playing basketball. To all the fans who have supported the game of basketball, not just Michael Jordan. I thank you for your support. I leave the game in good hands. So many great stars still in the game. So many great stars rising and playing the game. I have passed on the things that Dr. J, some of the great players, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, has passed on to me. I pass on to these all-stars here, as well as the rest of the players in the NBA. I thank, for you, I thank you for your support. Now I can go home and feel at peace with the game of basketball. Thank you very much. And the ovation, it went on for a while. Yeah, it goes on for a long, long time. And I, I will never, ever forget that. And I just remember seeing the look on Kobe Bryant. And maybe we never got the Kobe era closing moment because he died in the helicopter crash, what, two years ago? Year ago, year and a half ago? Maybe we never got that. We were Maybe that would have been another era where we all would have stopped and remembered where we were when that player's era ended. You know, Kobe's era and LeBron's era have kind of overlapped. And, you know, if you want to have it be Steph Curry's era, that's cool. You can have you can have that era, too. But that Jordan speech, and he does it the right way, too. That Jordan speech was done the right way. He thanked all the fans. He looked at all the guys. And he said that the league is in good hands. And I remember the smile on Kobe's face because Kobe obviously idolized Jordan growing up. And you saw the young players. And Shaquille O'Neal was like 40 pounds lighter, maybe 100 pounds lighter than he is right now. And Kevin Garnett looked young. And Ray Allen looked young. And for some reason, Jamal Mashburn was there. I don't know what he's... He's not part of this conversation. But that was the last time I felt like it's going to be weird watching the sport. Now, of course, over the last five, six years, we've only seen Tiger Woods play in certain tournaments. But there was always this thought, just maybe, maybe, maybe Tiger will pull off another one. It's done. It's over. It's not going to happen. And maybe Brady, if he were to give that speech, you know, maybe at his Hall of Fame ceremony five years from now, we'll, we'll think about, you know, Tom Brady and the greatness that he had. But I'm trying to think, is there anybody else in my mind right now that if they retired from their sport, and don't anybody tweet at me, well, wicked, this UFC fighter or this soccer player. I'm talking about football, baseball, basketball, the big three. Is there anybody right now that if they retired, you'd be like, wow, that's the end of an era. And I think it's only LeBron. I think it is only LeBron James in the NBA. And I think it's Tom Brady in the NFL. Other than that, 
I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers, but there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, cool. The Aaron Rodgers era is over. <laughs> there are going to be a lot of thrilled human beings that Rodgers is out of the league. Out of respect and out of disrespect. But I feel like that was it. That was, a, that was the end of the Tiger Woods era. It started in 1995, and it ended on uh, July 15th, 2022, which is a pretty darn good run. Especially for a guy that my dad said really needed to speed up his play if he was going to have any success on the PGA Tour. <laughs> Got some football coming up for you next. ESPN talked to 50 different executives about the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League. If you don't know who is on this list, I will tell you, does it surprise you who's number one? I'll tell you who that is next. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One oh two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. What's up? My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. That's Kira on the other side. You know, Kira, somebody asked me the other day, they said, What does Kira look like? And I, I yeah, and I said, Are you telling me I need to get a camera on Kira during the show? Because mm-hmm. J D, who used to sit in your seat and promote before he left, I he wanted a camera on him. So I mounted a camera <laughs> right here. Do you want me to put a camera on you? No, I want to remain a spooky, dark figure in people's (laughs) imaginations. All right. Okay. (laughs) Coming up, uh, if you, my normal job on the, oh, by the way, if you are just tuning in and you are looking for Cubs baseball shortly here on ESPN Des Moines, that game has been rained out. Cubs and Mets will do a doubleheader tomorrow. Zach Zabin will have the pregame between Chicago and New York at uh, 1245 tomorrow, 120 first pitch, and then the nightcap at Wrigley Field. It's a strange phenomenon that every Friday home game, almost every Friday home game has been rained out. And normally Zach takes over at 1245 uh, here on Fridays when they play at Wrigley, but rain is, I I don't know what our record is, but it's not good (laughs) of getting home game day games on on Fridays here on ESPN Des Moines. Uh, I do the morning show over on Laser 103.3. The, the rock station here in town. And coming up in about 10 minutes, uh, Bill Burr was a guest this morning. The comedian and actor. You may have seen him in The Mandalorian. Maybe you know his stand-up. I want to play you a bit from that because he was hilarious. And he basically told me that I am killing it with fashion. So I'm doing it right. And if we have time, I'm going to bitch about Facebook Marketplace. My new addiction that my wife tells me I need to slow down on. So... We have got the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League. You know how much I love rankings. I I absolutely detest power rankings, although lately I've been doing my own share of power rankings. Like, I always power rank the MCU uh, movies and TV shows after I see the latest. I saw Thor, Love and Thunder, no spoilers. I have it fifth in Phase 4. That's where I have it. Do you see it yet, Kara? You're not going to see it? Okay, so oh boy, Jenny Bestman, our promotions, our Vixen. promotions, uh, commander, overlord, yes, said it's very good and a very light-hearted movie, which sounds just my speed for a Marvel <laughs> movie. So it's a hard maybe. It's a hard, solid maybe. Well, I power ranked it fifth in Phase Four. It's the second best Thor movie behind Ragnarok. No spoilers. No spoilers. But we've got the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League. This is, um, here's what ES, how ESPN did this this week. Voters gave them the 10 best players at the position 
Results were compiled and ranked based on the number of top 10 votes, composite average, hundreds of interviews, research and film study, and more than 50 voters submitted a ballot at each position. And in many cases, they had several ties. They broke them with the help of additional voting follow-up calls within the rankings. By the way, to any budding sports talk host or anybody sort of doing entertainment, when you reveal a top 10, don't start with number one, all right? Don't start with number one. You start with number 10. I heard this list earlier this week from national guys. And I'm like, you don't start with number one. You start with number 10. The top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League. I, by the, For the record, I don't hate this list, and I don't hate the order that it's in. Number 10, Dak Prescott. When he's healthy, he's great. But he has been un- unable to, you know, the nasty injury two seasons ago last year, the calf thing. Real early in the year. Didn't look like Dak was ever right. I wonder what his production is going to be like now that Amari Cooper is playing in Cleveland. I do wonder about that. But I, th- I think Dak's a 10. That's about right. I'll tell you who he bumped out of the top 10 list to get that. It's a pretty surprising name. We'll get to that. Number nine, Deshaun Watson. Hate this. I hate the fact that Deshaun Watson is number nine. Could miss half the season. Will likely miss six games or more. Should be gone for the entire year. Listen, if you're going to suspend Calvin Ridley for gambling 1500 bucks on DraftKings, but Deshaun Watson, who's been accused credibly by 26 different masseuse, massage therapists, they're going to give that dude six games for sexual misconduct to two dozen women? The rules are backwards, all right? I understand you're not allowed to gamble. I get it. Players cannot gamble. Wink, wink. They never do. Give me a break. Deshaun Watson at nine, not having thrown an NFL pass in over a year, seems a bit odd to me. Number eight, Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos. I think Rush should be higher, but I'm cool with Russell Wilson at eight. He's got a lot of weapons over it. Denver's a scary good team. Unfortunately, Denver plays in the toughest division in football. But Russell, with all those wide receivers they have and that tremendous running game and a really good defense, I mean, they're, I, God, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, you talk about Kansas City, Denver, Oakland, and the Chargers, and you're like, man, who doesn't make the playoffs in that? Probably Oakland, right? You would think Oakland is the team out, even though they just signed my boy, Devontae Adams. Number seven on this list, Justin Herbert. Everybody, I think this is the sexy, trendiest pick in the National Football League to win the whole thing. The L.A. Chargers behind Justin Herbert, young quarterback. And with the the formula to win the National Football League, young quarterback on a rookie deal who plays at Justin Herbert's level. The guy is insane. Mike Williams just got the big big old contract. Keenan Allen is there. They got the stud running back in Eckler. You know, they just added Khalil Mack opposite one of the Bosa's. I mean, that, that team is ready. If they don't make it to the playoffs, if the Chargers do not make the postseason, you really got to worry about that coaching staff because Herbert is all-world. Just unbelievable. Number six, Matt Stafford. Is there anybody unhappy for Matt Stafford, right? Like the year he had last year, coming from Detroit, going to the Rams, winning the Super Bowl, the awesome, is it a U.S. Cellular commercial or an AT&T commercial that he's in where he winks at the camera after he says, You mean I can have a new phone, even though I may have loved my phone for 12 years and been totally happy with that phone, but also love my new phone? And then he winks. It's a brilliant commercial. Great commercial. 
tons of talent in Stafford still. Uh, all the weapons over there, you know, you still wonder if OBJ is going to make his way back to L.A., but he's got Cooper Cup, and he's got a ton of weapons. Stafford at six sounds right. Joe Burrow at five sounds about right. I mean, that offense, if they fixed that offensive line, which was the entire reason they lost the Super Bowl, if the, if the Bengals' offensive line stays healthy, stays intact, keeps Burrow upright, I'm not 100% sure why the Bengals aren't the favorite to win the North, but they're not. The Ravens are actually the betting favorite right now to win the North, but Burrow at five, I'm cool with. All right, so a reminder, top 10, number 10, Dak, number nine, Deshaun Watson, number eight, Russ, number seven, Herbert, number six, Stafford, number five, Burrow, top four. Number four, Tom Brady. I'm not, I'm just not going to doubt him. You know, he's 50,000 years old, but he's still great. Number three, Josh Allen. I think there are a lot of people expecting Josh Allen to be the odds-on favorite to win the super. Uh, sorry, to win the MVP this year. Just keep feeding Stephon Diggs, man. Gabriel Davis. Just keep feeding those guys. I mean, the, the performance he had against the Chiefs at Arrowhead in that playoff game was just, and he lost. <laughs> he was unstoppable, and they lost because coaching mistakes, defensive errors by the Buffalo coaching staff. But an incredible, you talk about a guy in three years coming out of college who completely improved in every facet. I mean, he was a 57% completion percentage guy coming out of Wyoming. But then now he's the favorite to win the MVP. Number two on ESPN's top 10 NFL quarterback list, Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot of conversation about Tyreek Hill going to Miami and what this means for Patrick Mahomes' production. I mean, I like Juju Smith-Schuster. He's no Tyreek Hill. They spent a lot of money on Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I think will be completely overpaid. But in that offense, with Andy Reid, with that quarterback, those guys are going to probably be productive. Probably going to prove me wrong. And number one... No surprise, two-time MVP, reigning two-time MVP, four-time MVP overall, number one quarterback in the National Football League, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I can't argue it because he is, of course, the reigning MVP. What will his numbers look like without Devontae Adams when Alan Lazard is his number one wide receiver? I read some, in, you know, some positive stuff about Sammy Watkins recently. I will believe Sammy Watkins is the real deal when he can play more than seven games in a season. When he can give you more than 400 receiving yards in a season? When Sammy Watkins could be reliable. If you want to know how I feel about Christian Watson, I've done podcasts about the Packers' second-round draft pick. I have very high hopes. I need to order my Packers jersey for the year. Aaron Rodgers, number one. Again, Dak, Deshaun, Russ, Herbert, Stafford, Burrow, Brady, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. That, according to ESPN, the top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Now, there is a name missing from this list that people are upset about. The 2019 NFL MVP is missing from this list. Lamar Jackson is missing from this list. That's the most controversial thing about this. Now, personally, I would have had Lamar in the top 10 ahead of Dak and kicked Deshaun Watson completely out because he hasn't picked up a football in a year. But that's just me. But the knock on Lamar still is his ability to throw, 
his ability to throw from behind, his ability to throw from behind on his own 20 with two and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter of a big game. Is he capable of doing that? All these other other quarterbacks I mentioned, they definitely are. But Lamar has something that none of these other guys do. 4-5 speed, 4-4 speed, whatever Lamar's at these days. And it completely changes it. You know, some of these guys are statues. Tom Brady's a statue. Matt Stafford's a statue. Some of these other guys, these other guys can run, but aren't great runners. Rodgers can run. Mahomes can run. Joe Burrow, yeah, kind of, he can, he, no. Russ can't run like he used to, but he can run. Herbert can run. And then there's Josh Allen, who you know is a running threat. Lamar Jackson, you got to know exactly where Lamar Jackson's going to run with the football before you worry about Lamar Jackson throwing the football. And to me, it's sort of it's sort of a travesty to have Lamar Jackson not on this top 10 list, despite, you know, he lost uh, half a year last year with the injury. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson, who hasn't picked up a football in a regular season game in over a year, is there at number nine. That's the only thing I would change about this list. I'd have Rodgers one. I'd have Mahomes two. I'd have uh, Josh Allen three. Probably I would have Burrow over Brady, but we're just splitting hairs here. Stafford six, Herbert seven, Russ eight. I'd have Dak at nine or ten. I have Lamar at nine or ten, and I'd boot out Deshaun Watson. Bill Burr is playing the Wells Fargo Arena coming up in October. He was a guest on our morning show this morning over on Laser 103.3. You're going to hear some of that and his fashion advice from me for me next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. What's up? It's Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket's Cubs baseball today delayed till tomorrow. Rained out at Wrigley Field. Double header tomorrow. 1245 for the pregame Cubs and Mets. Zach Zaidman has the play by has the pregame. I should say uh, Pat and Ron will have the uh, the play by play at 120 tomorrow. Then the nightcap at Wrigley between Chicago and New York. So my partner in the morning, Heather Lee, and myself, uh, we had a chance to talk to Bill Ma- uh, Bill Mar- Bill Burr, the comedian, the actor. Maybe you saw him in The Mandalorian. He's just got a new Netflix special that is out uh, from Red Rocks. And he joined us on Laser 103.3 earlier today. And if you've never seen Bill, he's a little rough. He's a little raw. He's going to swear a lot. So I, if my mother-in-law is still watching, Carol, I don't think you'd enjoy Bill Burr's full-on <laughs> performance or set. And don't get offended because what I like so much about Bill is he attacks Republicans and he attacks Democrats. Yeah, because we're all idiots and we all think that the way we think is the way to do it. And it's such a moronic way of going through life. And I don't even watch the news anymore. And if I do watch the news, I turn on like either the BBC or Al Jazeera because I want to hear somebody outside the insanity of Mm. CNN and Fox because I don't need to watch CNN or Fox News. I do the road. And I just like I just you can always tell somebody who watches 24 hour news networks because they're in this heightened state of panic their entire time. Like the gym I go to plays CNN on a loop. It was horrible. Like yesterday I was at the gym, you know, trying to, you know, block stuff out, get the endorphins going and all. But fortunately, I had the sound down, but they had footage from like a school shooting. And it's like, you know, you can hear the basically the kids screaming in the background 
and they were questioning why it took the SWAT team so long to get in there. What were they doing? Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, you guys are making money off of this, and you're encouraging another psycho to go out and do it. And you won't get any crap for this. Yet, if I go up and do a Caitlyn Jenner joke, somebody tries to end my career. Like, none of it makes any sense. You know, it's like, uh, you know, the people during this pandemic, the people who didn't listen to doctors and listen to their next door neighbors are morons because they're not doctors. Why are you listening to your dumbass friend that you drink with instead of listening to a doctor? But then doctors also were prescribing synthetic heroin and killed hundreds of thousands of people. So it's like, I understand both sides, and you just got to, I don't know, it's kind of how I go about it. The Netflix special has only been out for a matter of days, uh, <laughs> and we're very anti-spoilers, but... I will say that Bill Burr has come up with the ultimate solution it, it, just in the first few minutes, and it involves the Hunger Games, Wicket. I'm down for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, we got to set up some Hunger Games <laughs> to solve it. And whoever wins, wins. It's the non-vaxxers versus the vaxxers. <laughs> so there's a giant field, and all the people don't want to get the vaccine. All the fatties and the lunatics, right? You gotta run the length of the field and try to make it to the other side while there's a helicopter flying over you and they're shooting the vaccine down at you. Right? Now I know what you're thinking. Well, that ain't fair, man. I'm running in my kickers. You're up there in a helicopter. You got a gun. Well, here's how we eat. It's a liberal with the gun. Right? They're not good at that straps of your overalls is off if you make it to the other side in the end just like dodgeball we'll see we'll just score it who won it's an idea i don't know <laughs> yeah the mask versus the unmatched in a uh in a battle and the winner take all whoever wins that's the way we're going to do it you know if the unmasked people win you don't wear masks masks are just like let's just enough because we're not going to agree, so we have to go sports. Phil Burr joining us playing Wells Fargo Arena. Check out the show. It's October 8th. Tickets at laser1033.com. Bill, you played Red Rocks. You've played all over the country. You played Madison Square Garden. Aside from Wells Fargo Arena in downtown Des Moines, do you have a place, a dream scenario to perform? I don't. Is Fenway Park the right answer? Because I know what a Red Sox fan you are. Oh, that one, I'm just sort of mentally acting like that's not happening because when I think about it, I'm just like, this makes no sense. You know, i got to be honest with you. My dream is what it's always been is to keep getting better as a comedian, not to get bitter, not to let this business eat me up, and to be nice to people and, and especially the younger comics coming up. You know, encourage them, help them out, give them advice if they ask it you for it if they don't ask you for advice don't just sit there and just start running your yap like you know everything just you know be cool i'm telling you man that's the best advice i can tell you joe bartnick always says that my buddy opens up for me it's like you know people love him he goes hey i know how to hang you know and that's (laughs) one of the biggest things in life if you know how to hang if you can just adapt to a situation are you the old guy now you're talking about young comics are you the old the old comedian well he's like 53 wicked i mean I'm... <laughs> 54 oh! Oh, I'm absolutely absolutely old without a doubt i am old and you know what i love it 
I like being the older guy, and I'm not fighting it. The only thing that sucks about being old is if you're trying to be young. If you're 54 and you're trying to be 54, you're going to nail it, you know? Don't be ashamed of where your jeans your gene cut off, you know? Oh. <laughs> yes! Yes! Be who see, you I, are. Bill, be, you and me, bro. Yes! See, I'm 41. <laughs> I rock jorts. I made my own. I'm not trying to be 22. I am 41 with three kids in the suburbs. I am an old fart. That's great. That's great. You start dressing too flashy, you attract the whores, and they ruin your home life. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's the key to holding your marriage together. Do not look attractive at all. You will keep your house that way. Walk out with jean shorts, a little, you know, dad bod. That's it. You can't have them smelling money, man. They smell money. You know, next thing you know... You're dating somebody half your age, and they're taking a dump on your bed. This <laughs> <laughs> is Bill Burr, who was on the show earlier today with my partner, Heather, uh, over on Laser 103.3. That's it. That's the key to saving my marriage my wife, Lee. Don't be attractive. <laughs> Nailed it. Boom. By the way, if you want to hear the entire interview, we talk about uh, the Red Rock special more. We talk about uh, the Mandalorian, uh, which he played Miggs Mayfield on the show in season one and on, in season two. Uh, we talk about more comedy stuff. The, it's about 17 minutes. It's actually a lot longer than the three, four minute bit I played right there. Uh, it is at laser1033.com on the morning show page or just follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket. It's on uh, Mike Wicket Media on my podcast page. It's all over. So if you want to check it out. You can, uh, and thanks to Bill Burr for coming on, because that was a lot of fun. That's it, Kara. That's how uh, that's how I stay married to my wife. Don't be attractive. <laughs> Just wear my jorts, have the dad bod, sometimes shave my face, you know. That's kind of it. <sighs> All right. We're done. Uh, don't forget Cubs baseball tomorrow, doubleheader. Thanks to Kara. Thanks to you for checking it out. Hello on the Facebook page. My name is Mike Wicket. This has been Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.